All right, uh, have you take your Bibles this morning, and uh, we're going to be in 2 Kings chapter 3, 2 Kings chapter 3. Now, as you're turning there, I just want to remind you of our theme for the year, and uh, you see on the banner behind me, and uh, that theme is from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21. And that verse reads, If a man therefore purge himself from me, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use. And here's our theme, and prepared unto every good work. Very good. Thank you for reminding me. Before I get into the message, let's have our young people be dismissed to Children's Church. All right? Thank you for getting my attention back there. I'm sorry about that. I'm blaming I'm blaming NyQuil, okay? All right? And, uh, man, that stuff, wow. Anyway. Uh, we, we won't go there, but all that to say, uh, it's uh, that's that's what's going on. Okay, very good. We got our young people going to children's church. All right, very good. We got everybody, all all our young people. Okay, very good. All right, and so Second Timothy two twenty one, uh, prepared unto every good work, and that's the theme for the year. And we're talking about preparation. We're talking about being prepared for the works that the Lord has for us to do. And so last week, uh, we uh, looked at that word. I gave you some um, uh, illustrations about being prepared. You can go back, girl. It's okay. Children's Church, you need your Bible? See, there you go. She forgot her Bible. That's what she's coming back up here for. Excellent. Good job. (laughs) And um, so last week, I gave you some principles about preparation. uh, Preparation. Well, uh, 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 today, we're going to continue along those lines and uh, talk about this thing of preparation. And let me tell you what you find, folks. You find that the Bible is filled with people who God had to prepare in order to get ready to do a work. Amen? Listen, uh, all throughout the Scripture, I mean, uh, we could chase it all the way from Genesis all the way through the end, uh, but Moses, he spent 40 years in the backside of the desert preparing to lead Israel to the Promised Land. Joshua ministered to Moses and prepared to become the next leader of Israel. David prepared by taking care of his father's sheep before he killed Goliath. He then prepared by living on the run from Saul to be the future king. I mean, on and on it goes. Let me tell you something, folks. God is about preparation in order to accomplish a task. Hey, even Jesus had to spend time preparing. You think about this. Jesus walked this earth for 33 and a half years. He spent approximately 30 years preparing so he could do three and a half years of ministry. So listen, hey, if those men and those ladies in the Bible didn't get out of it, we're not getting out of it. Amen? And so uh, that's what we're going to look at today. Find your place. for uh, Stand with me, if you will, for the reverence of the reading of the Word of God. 2 Kings chapter 3. I'm going to read verses 9 through 12. 2 Kings chapter 3, verses 9 through 12. The Bible says, So the king of Israel went, and the king of Judah, and the king of Edom, and they fetched a compass of seven days' journey, and there was no water for the host and for the cattle that followed them. And the king of Israel said, Alas, that the Lord hath called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord, that we may inquire of the Lord by him? And one of the king of Israel's servants answered and said, Here is Elisha, the son of Shaphat, which poured water on the hands of Elijah. And Jehoshaphat said, The word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Edom, went down to him. Let's pray. Lord, we love you this morning. We thank you for all you've done for us, God. We thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. And Lord, as we turn our attention to your word, we ask God to speak to us. Please, we pray. God, we need to hear from you. And Lord, I pray you'd help me this morning to uh, present this message in the way you'd have it be presented. I pray, Lord, you'd be with my voice and, and Lord, uh, be with uh, uh, the other things I'm struggling with this morning. And help me, Lord, please, as I preach your word. And we love you and we thank you for it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. 
Of course, the story here is of Jehoram, the son of Ahab, king of Israel. He joins up with Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, to fight against Moab. And what you find is, in the midst of going to battle, they couldn't find any water to drink. And of course, that's an issue, that's a problem, and uh, it was a major need in their life. Fortunately, Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat had enough sense to try and get an answer from the man of God. And when looking for that man, one of the servants of the king of Israel recommended Elisha. And here is, is the description. And this is kind of where we're going with the message this morning. Here's the description that was given of Elisha. Okay, here's what it was. Which poured water on the hands of Elijah. Now of all the things that Elisha could have been known for, he was described as the one who poured water on the hands of Elijah. You know what that meant? He was Elijah's servant. Amen? He was Elijah's servant. And uh, so here's the title of the message this morning. When we think about this thing of preparation, when we think about God preparing us to accomplish a task, here's the title of the message, Whose Hands Are You Washing? Whose Hands Are You Washing? Now we're in Southern Indiana, so I could entitle this, Whose hands are you washing? Amen? All right? Because sometimes we say that around here. And uh, maybe not if you're dignified, but uh, usually that's how I pronounce it. All right? Now listen, this isn't necessarily a message about personal hygiene. Although if you've ever taken young people to camp, then I'll tell you this, they could probably use a message or two about that as well. Amen? But this message is about being a hand washer, a servant, about preparing for something God has in your life. Preparing for something God has in your life. If there's ever a day where we need hand washers, it's a day and age we're living in. You know, folks, that word serve, servant, and service are used over 1,300 times in the Bible. Think about that, 1,300 times. Here's one of those passages in Luke 22. And there was strife among them, talking about the disciples. And which of them should be accounted the greatest? And he said unto them, Jesus said to them, the kings of the Gentiles exercised lordship over them, and they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors. But ye shall not be so. But he that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he that is chief as he that doth serve. And folks, let me tell you something. Jesus was our ultimate example about being a servant. Here's what he said about himself in Matthew 20, verse 28. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Hey, if anybody should have been served, it was Jesus when he was here. But hey, he didn't come to be as uh, everybody serve him. He came to minister to others, amen, when he was here. Now, should we serve him? You better believe it, amen. But he set the ultimate example of being a servant. So listen, folks, that's a challenge for us, amen? It's a challenge. In John chapter 13, I'm not going to go to the passage and read it, but Jesus there at that Last Supper, the Bible says that He girded Himself with a towel and He washed the feet of His disciples. And listen, if Jesus could do it, folks, listen, there's no excuse for us not being able to wash somebody else's hands, amen? So what's it take? about to be a hand washer. What's it take? Well, let me give you some things here back from the story of Elijah and Elisha. The first thing we see is this. Uh, in order to be a hand washer, it takes good old-fashioned hard work. Good old-fashioned hard work. If you're back there in our text, uh, flip back, if you will, to 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19. And we see here, where Elisha uh, was called by Elijah. We see the story here. 1 Kings chapter 19, uh, verse 19. 
Here's what it says. It says, So he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he with the twelve. Now, I want you to understand what that verse is saying there. Okay? All right? Elijah the prophet was looking for someone to be his servant, was looking for someone that he could train to take over his ministry. Hey, he was looking for someone that would wash his hands. Amen? He was looking for someone, and God was going to have Elisha be that man. Now, what's interesting is when Elijah found Elisha where he found him at. He found him, notice this, plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he with the 12. All right, now listen, this was days before John Deere and Case, all right? These were, these were days before modern machinery. You know how they got the work done back then? The good old-fashioned way with, with plows and, and oxen pulling those plows. And what I love about Elisha was this. He wasn't just back there driving them. No, he was in the yoke with them. So apparently there was 11, and he made up the 12. Maybe one was sick that day. Maybe one was main that day. But you know what? The work had to get done. So he hopped in the yoke, and he was pulling with the oxen. Now let me tell you something, folks. Let me just tell you a, a principle that we need to get, we need to understand. God can't use a lazy person. God can't use a lazy person. Being able to work hard is one of the foundational character traits that a person must have in order to be a hand washer. Let me tell you, any work that gets God done for God is just that. It is work. Amen? It's work. That's why it's so important, parents, listen to me. You better teach your children to work hard. Amen? You better teach your children to work hard. By the way, that don't start when they turn to be a teenager. That begins when they're little babies and they throw their toys all over the, uh, the house. And you know what? Whose job it is to pick them up? It's your job to teach them how they need to pick it up. Amen? Come on, moms. You shouldn't be making the, the beds uh, of your young people. You need to be te teaching them that. You need to be training that. You need to train them how to be hard workers. By the way, when they learn to be hard workers at a young age, they learn to enjoy work, amen? And they learn to understand that work isn't a bad word or a dirty word. Right. By the way, let me, let me just help you here. Work was not a result of the sin curse. Okay, you go back to Genesis. You know what you find out? God made man, God made Adam, and He gave him a job to do way before sin came along. Amen? And work is something God made for us to do. Now, sin complicates it. Amen? Sin just makes it harder. But all that to say, listen, work is so important. Let me just encourage you. Hey, let's be a hard worker. Amen? Now, I believe you ought to be a hard worker when it comes to taking care of your family. In fact, the Bible says that if you don't take care of your own, you're worse than an infidel. That's what the Bible says. Amen? And so God says, hey, you better take care of your family. But let me just say this. I don't think we ought to just be hard workers when it comes to our families. I believe we ought to be hard workers when it comes to the work of, Lord, to the work of the Lord as well. Amen? Now listen, folks. Hey, churches don't get built by lazy people. Right? If God's going to use us to accomplish something great, yes, God's got to work through us, but He's still got to use us. Amen? Listen, folks, the reason we can have uh, accomplished things around here is because people show up and do stuff. Amen? Amen. I love the fact uh, I used uh, our expansion project we used uh, that we did last year, a little over a year ago. And, of course, those of you that come here all the time uh, know this, but, uh, you know, this was closer this way. And we had to expand because uh, we, were, we were running out of room. And so I love it. We started on a Sunday afternoon after church, amen? And by that night, in about a six, seven-hour time period, the wall was moved, 
The carpet was tore out. The drywall had the first coat on it. Why did all that happen? Because we got a hard bunch of hardworking men around here. That's why. Amen. By the way, we got a bunch of hardworking ladies around here too. And I'm going to tell you, we got a church full of hard workers, and I'm thankful for it. And listen to me, we do need to work hard when it comes to taking care of our families, but let's also work as equally, if not harder, when it comes to the work of God. Because if you're going to be a hand washer, you've got to be a hard worker. Not only does it take hard work, it takes commitment. It takes commitment. If you're back there in 1 Kings chapter 19, you should be. Look at verse 21. It says this, And he returned back from him. This is talking about Elisha. And took a yoke of oxen, and slew them, and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen, and gave them to the people, and they did eat. Now you say, what's the big deal about that? Let me tell you here. Think about this. The yoke of oxen, all right, and the yoke they were in, that was how he made his living. And when Elijah came and said, hey, follow me. God has a different plan for your life. You know what Elisha did? He burnt the bridges. You know what that meant? He was all in, Amen. He was all in. He dove in head first. Hey, he didn't want to be tempted to go back. He slew the oxen. He used the yoke to, to, uh, uh, to be able to cook them and, and feed the people. And then you know what he did? He followed Elisha. Man, he was all he was committed. Amen. Who knew he knew what it was meant? He knew what it meant when Elijah cast that mantle on him. And he proved his commitment by burning the things that might hinder him. And listen to me, church. If we're going to be the hand washers God wants us to be, we must be committed. You've got to commit. Now listen, it's easy to commit when things are going your way. Amen? That's easy. It's easy to commit when everything looks like it's, uh, you know, the, the, the easy. Let me tell you something, folks. It's not always easy. And true commitment is put, put to the test when things get difficult. When things get difficult. By the way, folks, that's when your commitment is challenged. And we need to be all in when it comes to preparing to be a servant for the Lord. Amen? When it comes to this idea of being a hand washer, we just need to commit. And we need to stay committed to do that. By the way, it takes commitment to do most anything that's going to matter for eternity. It's going to take commitment. Folks, listen, if you notice this, that doing things for God is not always convenient. Okay, listen, we all have lives to live. We all have things to do. I get it. We, we all, you know, we all have our own lives. But I'm going to tell you right now, if we always use that as an excuse, the work of God will never get done. I'm just going to tell you what it's going to take, all right? When we're taking this year of preparation, getting ready to put that building up. When that building project starts, folks, it's going to take a whole lot of commitment. Amen? Listen, that thing's not going to get built just on a Saturday, uh, you know, a couple times a month. We're going to have to commit to get that thing done. And it's going to require all of us, amen? And we're going to have to pitch in. I'm just telling you right now, it's going to be a year unlike we've ever had at this church, all right? And it's going to require, yeah, you're going to have to sacrifice a little bit, time that you would do things with your family, or maybe time that you would do other things. And we're just going to have to get committed to make sure what God wants to do gets done, amen? And let me tell you, folks, Christianity has always been founded upon true commitment. Oh, it doesn't take commitment, it takes patience. Notice what it says back in verse 19. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. Now listen, that was the first time he cast the mantle upon him. And then you don't have to turn there, but if you fast forward in the second Kings chapter 2, here's what we see. He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. Now, now the reason I read both those verses is because those two verses represent a time period. Okay? From when Elijah first came and said, follow me, you're going to be my servant, till the time 
when Elijah went to heaven, and then the mantle fell on him to become the man of God for the day, the prophet of the day, was anywhere from 11 to 20 years. So when, Elijah, when Elisha signed up to be Elijah's hand washer, it didn't happen overnight. It took some time. Amen? It, it took the fact that it was going to take patience to prepare to be what God wanted him to be. Now listen, folks, we've been talking about this building for a while, and there's been some you know, uh, times where we thought, hey, we need to get going on this thing. We need to get going on this thing. But I've always said this, we're going to make sure it's in God's timing. God's timing. Listen, folks, I don't want to do something just because you or I want to do it. I want to do it because God says, hey, now's the time. Get it done. All right? It requires patience. Let me tell you one thing God has taught me, being the pastor of White River Baptist Church. He's taught me patience. You've got to be patient. Amen? Listen, folks, you can't always do things the way you think they ought to be done. By the way, people aren't always going to do things the way you think they ought to do them. And you've got to be patient. You've got to be patient when it comes to uh, getting things accomplished. You've got to be patient when it comes to working with other people. you just got to be patient in those things. When we first started this church, and we were still living up north where we were from, and it was, uh, it was 70 miles, about an hour and 10 minutes from here. And for a year and a half, we drove that drive, trucking that drive uh, uh, from there to here. And, and many a days, I was down here five days a week getting the church going, getting the church off the ground. I'll be honest with you, that was trying to my patience. I knew God wanted us to move here, but you know what? I wanted it to be God's time and God's way. And by the way, finally the day came, God worked it all out, and guess what? It finally came to pass. But it took patience to accomplish that. And I'm going to tell you, it's going to take patience in your life to accomplish what God has for you to do as well. Amen? And so if you're going to be a hand washer, you got to be patient. And then let me tell you something else it takes to be a hand washer. It takes humility. Humility. Again, notice the description of Elisha who poured water on the hands of Elijah. And then it says this, that he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. I wonder if Elisha ever would have thought that he was going to be in the uh, position where he was and for those first 11 to 20 years, all he's going to do was be a servant to the man of God. I wonder if he would have, I wonder what would have happened to him if he would have caught an attitude when it come to pouring water on the hands of the man of God. Listen, he was humble about what God commanded for him to do. Now listen, folks, there's just certain things in life that uh, you just got to figure this out. Amen? You're just going to have to humble yourself to get it done. You just got to uh, uh, find humility. By the way, there's nothing wrong with that. Amen? There's nothing wrong with being humble. Hey, there's nothing wrong. By the way, when it comes to the work of God, there are no menial tasks. Amen? Everything's important when it comes to the work of God. Listen, everything people do for God is important. And let me just say this, folks. It takes humility. It takes humility. Apparently, Elisha got this because he had the reputation of being a hand washer. Let me just say this, folks. We need, as Christians, to have a good dose of humility in our lives. And by the way, why don't you choose to humble yourself? Amen? Don't let God have to humble you. You choose to humble yourself before God. In fact, the Bible says if you humble yourself in the sight of God, He'll exalt you in due time. Amen? And so let's just be humble. And that's what it takes to be a hand washer. Hard work, commitment, patience, humility. And then I want to show you this. Uh, we looked at the requirements of the hand washer. Let me show you the recipients of the hand washer. Who was it 
that Elisha washed the hands of. You know who he washed the hands of? He washed the hands of those in authority. Those in authority. And let me just say something to our young people for, you, for, for a few moments. Young people, you ought to be learning to be hand washers to those in authority in your life. By the way, you know who that is? Your mom and dad. Amen? Your mom and dad. Listen, it, do we ever have this backwards in America in 2023? Not only are young people not serving their parents, parents are serving the kids. I mean, literally, some parents, all they are are a glorified taxi service. It's about this. It's about that. It's about the kids. No, let me just say this, folks. And again, I'm not against some of that stuff. But your life should not just be about your kids. Now, I know that's not a real popular message. Amen? And I'm not saying you shouldn't love your kids. I'm not saying you shouldn't, you know, do things with your kids. But listen, your kids aren't your idols. And you better be very careful about putting your children before God. Because let me tell you something. I've seen Christians that do that. And by the way, God's not very fond of anything that goes before Him. Amen? And I've seen Christians use their children as idols. And by the way, it doesn't happen all the time, but I've seen it happen. You know what? God removes those idols. Amen? Let me tell you what your kids will be better off being uh, doing. Learning to serve. Amen? Learning to serve. Hey, young people, be servants. Be servants. Hey, I don't say this in a proud, chauvinistic way. But you know what, folks? Now, I, didn't, did, 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 I had to do it this weekend because my wife and daughters are gone. But do you realize I, when I'm at home, I never have to get my own glass of tea. And I'm not a jerk, okay? I'm not, hey, get this for me. Oh, no. As soon as I walk in the door, hey, can I get you, can I get you a glass of tea, Dad? Hey, can I get you this? Can I get you that? By the way, you know why my daughters are like that? Because my wife trained them to be. I know it's quiet here, amen, but that's okay. I'll give you some good things that will help you. Amen? And listen, young people need to learn to be servants. By the way, you know the best way for them to learn is by example. Amen? Come on, mamas. You need to teach them what it means to be a servant by serving their daddy. Amen? Now again, listen, I'm not a chauvinist. Alright? Men are not up here. Women are not down here. I do not believe that one bit. But I do believe the Bible. What the Bible has to say. And man, I'll tell you, the Church of Jesus Christ, unfortunately in 2020, they got this all backwards. Amen? But we don't have it backwards around here because we believe the Bible. Amen? amen? Listen, be servants. Hey, hey, amen. Be servants. Serve your wife. Yeah. Serve your children. Amen. amen? God wants for us to be that. Why all this, Why do we balk at the idea of being a servant? Amen? We shouldn't. Amen? We shouldn't. Right. And let me tell you, uh, Elisha learned to serve those in authority. Not only that, he learned to serve those in need. In need. In 2 Kings chapter 4, we, we read the story about one of the wives of the sons of the prophet that had a need. And Elisha went in her and said this, What shall I do for thee? Let me tell you what we're living in, folks. We're living in a world of needs. People are looking for something, or should I say, the someone that we as Christians have. People have physical needs. People have spiritual needs. And let me tell you, if you have your eyes open, God will bring people across your path that need some help. Amen? And listen, I'm not talking about the church being a welfare state. That's not what I'm talking about. Amen? Some people are looking for, uh, they're not looking for a hand up, they're looking for a hand out. Now I'm not, and listen, that's not what the church of Jesus Christ is about. We're not about handouts, but we're about hand ups. But I'll tell you this, God will bring across your, your, your path people that need help. By the way, if He brings across your path, who do you think He wants to help them? Oh, somebody called me and needed something, so I'm just going to call the pastor and see what he can do. 
hey, hello, if God brought him across your path, maybe he wants you to help him. Amen? Now listen, folks, I, again, I'm not against um, you know, uh, certain things the church can do to help certain people. We do some of that around here. But I'm just saying, folks, listen, open your eyes to those around you. Elisha, as this hand washer, he helped those in need. I'm going to tell you right now, if you're a spirit-filled Christian, God will lead you and guide you and allow you to help other people, particularly those with spiritual needs. Amen? With spiritual needs. So Elisha, he served those in authority. He served those in need. He also served the next generation. I love this. Second Kings chapter 4, verse 38. And Elisha came again to Gilgal, and there was a death, a dearth in the land. And the sons of the prophets were sitting before him. And he said unto his servant, Set on the green pot, seed pottage for the sons of the prophets. And then in chapter 6 of 2 Kings, you see another story where Elisha was serving the sons of the prophets. You know what he was about? He was about the next generation. Now listen, folks, listen, if you're going to be a hand washer, you can't just be about yourself, amen? You've got to be about those that are coming after you. And the Bible teaches us, it gives us examples of a lot of, uh, of great men, but one of their main flaws was that they only served their generation. They didn't serve the next generation. And listen, folks, hand washers see that someone's coming after them and spend a portion of their time investing in future generations. That's why I like teaching the young people, the 5th through 12th grade class. I'm glad, listen, on purpose, want to teach that class. I want to invest in the lives of our young people. Amen? Listen, I want to, uh, for, for 10 years, I was a youth pastor, and listen to me, I loved every bit of that. It was an opportunity for me to invest in the next generation, and listen, I still want to do it. That's why I like taking the young people to youth rallies. That's why I still like taking them to the camps, because I want to spend a portion of my life investing in them. Amen? Now listen, there's the next generation coming after you. You need to invest in as well. And that's exactly what Elisha, as a hand washer, the hand washer, the recipients of the hand washer. And then last of all, I'll leave you with this, the reward of the hand washer. The reward of the hand washer. You remember what Elisha asked for right before Elijah was taken up into heaven in the chariot of fire? Here's what it says he asked for. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. Hey, he wanted double of what Elijah had, a double portion. You say, well, did that happen? Did Elisha have a double portion of Elijah's spirit? Well, if you go back and you start reading all the different things, here's what you find out, folks. Exactly to the T, Elisha did twice as many things as Elijah did. Twice as many things. And you know what? All those years he he spent washing the hands of the man of God. I wonder if he ever thought to himself, there's coming a day where, you know what? I'm going to do twice as much as he did. And by the way, that wasn't a slight on Elijah, that wasn't something pride. That wasn't a prideful thing. He just said, Elijah, you invested so much in me. I need to do so much more because of the greater investment. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, folks, that's what we need to be as well. Amen? Mm -hmm. God has allowed people to invest in us. And let me tell you, we'll be accountable for what God has given us. Right. The Bible says, and whomsoever much is given, much shall be required. Amen? Let me tell you, young people, and I, not just the young people, but all of us, you attend a good Bible preaching church like this, folks, God will hold you in account to the things you hear here. Yes, He will. 
Let me tell you, we need to be doing something about it. That's why the Bible says to be not just hearers of the word, but doers also. And Elisha, uh, he spent his life washing the hands of the man of God, preparing for the day, for the good work that God had for him. And boy, oh boy, did he ever do it. In fact, Elisha was the only man you find this said about that even in, in, in the grave, God still used him to do a miracle. Remember the story where they were burying a man and the enemy was coming and they had to quickly chuck him in and they accidentally chucked him in the grave of Elisha. And the Bible says that as soon as his body touched the bones of Elisha, he was made whole again. And that speaks of the fact of the power of God that was on Elisha's life. No wonder God's power was on his life. He was a hand washer. Amen? Let me tell you, folks, there'll be rewards in your life for preparing to be a hand washer. Now, it may not be the earthly rewards that you know the world thinks is rewarding. Amen? You're probably never going to have your name on a marquee somewhere. You're probably never going to have your name mentioned in front of millions and billions of people. But I don't know about you. I, that stuff's pretty fleeting anyway. Amen? Who cares about that stuff? Listen, I'm telling you, though, God will reward you for being a hand washer. You know there's earthly rewards for that? Now, they're not the worldly earthly rewards, but there's earthly rewards. It was said of Joseph in Genesis chapter 50. It says that Joseph lived in 110 years, and he saw Esham's children of the third generation. The children also of Makar, the son of Manasseh, were brought up upon Joseph's knees. Let me tell you, folks, God rewarded Joseph for his time of preparation, and he was able to live a good full life and see his children's children's children. Amen? You know why? Because he was just a hand washer in his life. It says of David, and he died in a good old age, full of days, riches, and honor, and Solomon his son reigned instead. Now David didn't get it all right. There was times where he made mistakes, he had failures, but he still lived to a good old age and had a good life. You know why? Because for the most part of his life, he was a hand washer. Amen? He was a hand washer. So there were earthly rewards, but guess what, folks? Earth ain't all there is. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. We're not living here forever. we got our eternal home. And let me tell you, folks, there is a reward in, in the eternal home for those that spend their life just washing the hands. Amen? We see that said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It says, For we must, uh, whether we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment that everyone may receive the thanks done in his body according to what he has done, whether it be good or bad. And I don't even understand it all, but all I know is this God has rewards waiting on those who will give their life to God, follow God, serve God, and hey, hey! Be the hand washers God wants for us to be. Amen? So here we go. Here's the thought for the day as we close out the message. Prepared unto every good work. Hey, whose hands are you washing? Amen? Who are you being a servant to? Listen, we all ought to be serving the Lord, no doubt. But you know, a lot of times serving the Lord means serving the people God puts in our lives. Right? I don't think there's one of us here in this room that couldn't be a better servant. I well, I'm, I'm a servant enough, Lord. I don't think probably any of us could probably say that. Amen? So, hey, let's spend our life being just like Elisha, washing some hands. Let's pray. Lord, we love you today. Thank you for your word.